we are officially doing Lifehouse Columbia Sunday. And uh, this is exciting because here's the deal. It wasn't going to be a full service when we got back. But as God just began to move on our hearts and began to speak to us about what we're supposed to share about the trip that we just took, we really felt like that it was God wanted to take the whole service to speak something to you because he really spoke to us on this trip and he did incredible things on this trip in our lives. And we want to share that with you. This isn't just about testimonies. It's about a specific word from God for our church, a word from God to us and our team, and we bring it back to you guys. So we're excited to share this with you guys. Um, But first, I want to catch anyone up to speed that may not be up to speed with Columbia. What is Columbia all about? Why are we taking an entire service to talk about Columbia? Well, a few years ago, uh, we got to travel. Pastor Ryan and I got to travel to Columbia. We went to this area of Columbia where Compassion International was teaming up with Foursquare Churches, planting churches, taking kids in out of extreme poverty, and making an incredible difference in their lives, their families' lives, and changing the entire community. We were so blown away by what God was doing in that area, and by Pastor Johnny and Consuelo, who if you remember were here last year with us at our church, by what they were doing, that we said we want to be a part of this. And so we helped build a church building. You'll see it in the video that's coming up here in a second. But we helped build a church building there uh, that now is a church plant. It's a church that, that functions and has 200 kids from the community that come in every week, and they take care of their needs. And out of those 200 kids, they take care of their needs spiritually, physically, financially, uh, medical needs, anything you can think of, they take care of these kids and their families. And it's changing the entire community. And about 100 people in our church, or let me put it this way, about 100 kids out of those 200 are sponsored by people in our church. So many of you in this room, you sponsor kids from the area that we go to. So we go down there every year and we take a team, we go meet the sponsored kids, and we go get to see what God is doing in this area. Now, another thing that happened was last year we had the opportunity to bring Pastor Johnny and Consuela up here to the United States. First time they ever left Columbia. They came to our church. They spoke at our church. If you were here, it was awesome. And then we took them to the International Convention in Washington, D.C. Well, as they were sharing on that Sunday morning, they, they did a slide presentation And they showed many of the different churches that they have planted. They've planted close to, I believe it's 18 or 19, I I don't know the exact number, churches in their area. And God is moving through those churches to reach thousands and thousands of people. Well, as we were watching the slide presentation, we noticed something. That three or four of the churches that they were talking about and pictured here didn't have roofs on them. And there was people standing there in the dirt with no roof on top, which means they walk to church. Some of them, we were there just recently. We can, yeah, hold off. Just leave it right on that one. Uh, I don't want to spoil the surprise. Uh, but, but these people, when we just were there, we got to visit some of these churches, and these people walk sometimes an hour, two, three hours to get to church. And then once they're there, they don't even have a roof over them. So if it rains, they're still they're going to worship God wet. That's just how they do it. And so God moved on our hearts when we saw this. Many people in our church noticed it, and they said, we want to help get roofs and and flooring and windows and whatever we can do on these church buildings. So that was a year ago. Now, fast forward one year later, and I want to give you guys some pretty amazing updates here. So this was one of the first churches that we we, uh, showed, and this was the first church that we got to go visit. Now, let's go to the next photo. This is what it looks like now. Isn't that incredible? Come on, give it up. Yes. God at work. So this is, this is as we're pulling up in the bus. These are all the people waiting for us. And you'll see in the video here in just a second how excited they were to have us. But look at the walls are painted. The windows are done. The roof is put on. This is a place where they are excited to go to church now. They love going to church. So let's go to the next slide here. This is inside, and these are all the people that came to be with us. And, man, we had a party. We had a great time, and they gave us gifts. Not all of the gifts made it back, if you know what I mean, team, but uh, some big gifts, some big gifts. So we, we couldn't bring it all back. But anyways, this is inside. Let's go to the next slide. This is one of the other churches that a year ago, this is what it looked like. And then when we were there, this is what it looked like. Now, remember, this is just a few weeks ago. Go to the next slide. This is what it looked like just a few weeks ago. But they were in the process of beginning construction on this building. And now they just sent me this picture two days ago. Look at that. Isn't that incredible? 
windows and doors. And I mean, it's just incredible. They work fast down there. If they get the resources, they work fast. They don't waste any time. And then the third church that we didn't get to go visit, this is what it looked like, but we didn't get to go because the roads were too bad and muddy and we weren't, we weren't able to get there in our vehicles. But this is what it looks like today. Isn't that incredible? Just beautiful what God is doing in this area. So these are some updates. This is all what you have given towards. If you remember last year, we did a passion offering towards the roofs. And you gave, and you gave just so generously. And this is what God has done. I, can't, I get so excited talking about this because when you go down there and see it, you see how God is moving. So we have a, a, about a 10-minute video here we want to show you because here's the deal. We have four people sharing from, from our team. They're going to share this word that God gave us. And then we have a, a, a number of people on the video. These are the ones that maybe weren't, weren't as excited to share in person. And so they came and they, they uh, or, or we just didn't want to give them the mic because we knew they'd talk way too long. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but anyway, so watch this video. This is the highlight of our trip and people's experience of our trip. And just a little teaser to show you, you need to go on the next trip. So let's watch this together. Hey there, I'm London Pummel, and this summer I got to go on an amazing trip to Columbia with my dad and both sets of grandparents in a group of 19 from my house church. It was an amazing experience. Here, 19 people from Lifehouse Church took an amazing adventure to Columbia, where we got to meet our sponsored children and spend time with some of the amazing people of Columbia. going. My husband and I actually just got married a few days before we left um, and we were really excited to have this be the way that we started off, off our marriage. The way that the people live is, it's incredible because um, they don't have anything but then at the same time they have everything because um, they just have so much joy. They have so much passion for Jesus. They have so much hunger. It's just inspiring to be with them and to be around them. Um, and, and then to go into their houses and see how little they, like material-wise, how little they really have. And so um, it's just, it was a really good way to just broaden our perspectives and um, just see the way that Jesus is filling them and filling their community and just using them to just you know, further his kingdom and his purpose. And um, we got to meet our sponsored kid, Christian, who was just such a joy to be around. He was so shy, but um, the more that we got to build our relationship, the more you could just like see him blooming. And it was, it was amazing for us to just establish a relationship. And we're really looking forward to hopefully going and seeing them again soon. Hi, I'm Debbie Davis, and I got to go to Columbia this year with the missions team. And before this trip, I was anxious that I wasn't going to be good enough, not Christian enough, to go on a mission trip. But I was called to go from the first time two years ago that I heard Jeremy talk about this opportunity. I wasn't sure why, I didn't have a specific objective, and it even felt a little selfish. But the Bible tells us to go and just be with people, be happy with them and cry with them, and so I did. I learned so much on this trip about how to pray with people, about patience, and about being more open about my faith. 
I can't really understand how my presence might have helped the people in Cienega del Oro. But there are a few little girls that learned someone far, far away cares about their lives. A man who knows his gift of fruit from his yard really touched me. And a luggage handler at the airport in Cartagena that now has a Bible because he listened to God and approached me. And it was so amazing to see all the people on the team meet their sponsored child. They just grew to love each other. Over the week, there was such a bond between every single one of them. They all, even though they didn't speak the same, most of them didn't speak the same language, they connected so easily. They are just so happy that we sponsor them. When we met um, Juan, our foster uh, or Colombian child that we've had for 11 years now, it was evident Christy recognized him from the bus right away, so that was really cool. And as soon as we got off, we immediately had a bond with him and he brought us gifts and presents. And um, it was a really close connection. Of course, we all cried and everybody else was crying right along with us. It was overwhelming. I just started crying because I didn't, we, you know, we had the same impression that he did of us that we weren't real people, he thought. And he had the same exact mentality and he said that in to the translator as well that he didn't think we were real people. Just like we didn't think he was a real person, but it turns out he really is a real person. So I, th I think that was just like a really neat experience and been just to have that relationship with him because we wrote him for so long that we have a, a really strong relationship with him. And it does matter writing the letter, sending the pictures, um, sending um, arts that your, your, your child has done, sending them artwork, anything to help them along. And that you, when you send them a, a birthday present, it goes directly to that child and they know what that child needs and they will buy that child what is necessary for them. I believe that compassion makes a huge impact by what we saw in our child and the growth that we've had, gotten to see with him for 11 years with Juan, that now he's in school, he's in college in his second year, he's involved with his youth ministry playing guitar, and um, he, his intention is to be, do something with music in, um, in his studies, so. I mean, I really see a difference. I can't imagine where he would be without the program. And he calls us his godparents as well. <laughs> Which we really like that. We were really like excited about that. This was my very first time on a mission trip and I'm very glad I went because it impacted me so much that like you know how they don't have much. It makes me makes me like, you know, be thankful for everything I have and not wanting more all the time. Stuff like that. And um Makes me want to love on people more because I gave so much people hugs. <laughs> my favorite part of the trip was going to meet Curly, my sponsor child, and her sister at their home. And just seeing the way they lived and their family and talking to them was just amazing and the best part. We got to give them gifts and they were just so excited to get those little stuffed animals that an average American kid would just be, you know, they wouldn't have enjoyed it nearly as much as they did. And they were just so happy and just, like, they were just so, they just knew they were so blessed. One of the days, we got to go visit a couple of churches that we helped build and put roofs on and put floors. And when we pulled up to the churches, they were just overjoyed with happiness and they were just so excited. They greeted us like we were royalty just because they were so thankful for all we had done for them. They were, people were crying and hugging us. They just did, everybody just came up and hugged you. Every single child hugged you. So one of the more uh, life-changing experiences that we got to have down in Colombia was um, being the prayer team for the church there. And that was really life-changing for a few reasons. One, um, it's super uncomfortable just because I don't know the language of them. I don't know any of them. Um, I'm somewhat comfortable praying for people that I have a strong relationship with. So uh, praying for people that I don't know anything about was really tough for me. But um, so I looked through the crowd and there was a woman who um, was, she was crying. She was not able to stand up. And um, I just kind of walked over to her. I put my arms underneath her arms and I tried to lift her up. Um, Charlie had to help me out just because it was hard with, we were about the same size, so I had trouble kind of keeping her up, but then just being with her and just praying over her and holding her up and then um, 
finally just at the end she was able to lift her hands when she was standing up and we were just hugging each other and I was praying for her the whole time and I know she has no clue what I was saying and I have no clue what she was saying but the cool thing about that is that love is a universal language and you don't need to know each other's language to be able to communicate love and to communicate you know how much God loves and cares for his people and so um, it was a really great experience to have. So Compassion International and some of the churches are helping build 59 brand new restrooms in the village that all the sponsored children live at. They're just amazing and they have tile and running water, sinks, showers, and it's just so amazing and they're just so blessed. The restrooms before that were just sticks in the ground with tarp so for some privacy and a big hole in the ground in a bucket of water. It was just horrible. I can't imagine having to wake up in the middle of the night to go to the restroom and having to go in that. Hello, my name is Ethan. I got to go on the Columbia trip this year um, and I wanted to share some of the experiences I had with you guys. Um, first of all, this trip has changed my life completely. It, um, my, my relationship with God is 10 times stronger than it was when I uh, came to Columbia. One of my favorite things was getting to meet the child that me and my mom sponsor. His name is Steven. Um, just seeing him in the classrooms, getting to see the classrooms that, um, that uh, Compassion International have, and uh, getting to go to his house and meet some of his family, and just see how our, our $38 a month helps him out and his family out. Uh, that was really awesome. The kids at, at the school at Compassion International, those were, they were so much fun just to get to hang out with them and in their classrooms and stuff and eat food with them and just play around with them. Another experience that um, was really amazing was being able to go to some of the churches that we helped build or that Lifehouse has helped uh, sponsor to build. and. Um, to get to pray for people and to just hug on people and love on people. And obviously, you know, there's a huge language barrier, but that it was just, the, you could feel the Holy Spirit moving in that room. It was amazing. Um, if you have even the smallest desire to go, I say just go for it. It is so worth it in the end. You might be scared about leaving your kids or whatever you might leave behind, but it's an amazing trip. Just go for it. So yeah, just leave your kids. Just <laughs> spoken like a true kid with that's never had kids, right? It's my daughter London. Uh, she had an incredible time as we all did, and we had a, a Christine also went. Who's who is she? She's 13, 15, 13, 15, 15 four, She's fourteen, so right in the middle. Uh, so she is thirteen, and just to see them on this trip, uh, if you're considering taking your kids, I think 11, 12, 13 is a good age to to maybe consider start taking them. London's uh, eleven, and we just felt like it was a good time for her to for her to go. She really wanted to go. She's been asking the last year or so. So just a great great trip, as as you saw. Uh, one of the things that happened is the first day that that we were driving from Cartagena, we take about a four and a half five hour bus drive. And uh, we, had, we gave everybody the mic to get up and share. And what we asked them to share is share their fear, share just their expectations, what, what they wanted to see happen on this trip, and, and, and even some of the things that they were concerned about even being on this trip. Um, and the Holy Spirit just moved in that bus in such an awesome way. And just everybody was so vulnerable and so open. And then when we got there and we see all the people coming up for prayer and how open and vulnerable they were, God, it was just a theme throughout our whole trip that God wants us to live open and vulnerable. 
and not closed off because of fear. Fear is such a paralyzing thing. Fear holds us back. But living open and vulnerable opens ourselves up to other worlds and to new perspectives and to new to new ideas and, and opens ourselves up to the supernatural and what God wants to do in our lives and how God wants to move in us and through us. So I've asked four people from our team to come up and share, each on one different point of being open to a certain thing, because these are things that we really felt like God wanted to share with us. And so the first person I've asked to come and share is uh, my dad. I begged him to go on this trip, and, and he, he, he finally agreed. I, want, I needed a roommate, so he went, and I'm so glad that he went. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce all of them. That way you could just pass the mic off. So the first person going to share is my dad, Glenn Pummel. Uh, who, who, uh, who was one of our translators. Uh, the next person that's going to share is Alicia Scott, who this is her second time going on this trip. You saw her son Ethan on there. And then the third person, I'm just thrilled that he got to go with us. My father-in-law went with us as well. Charlie Schultz, he's going to come up and share the third aspect of what God wants to share. And then our veteran, Carlos Ramos, the MVT, the most valuable translator who helped me, helped me lead this trip. He's going to finish us off. So, Dad, come on up and, and get us started. And... Uh, here we go. Well, um, I really feel privileged to have gone. And uh, part of it is because um, something happened about oh, a, a long, long time ago that changed my life forever. And um, that is that um, by the grace of God, uh, he took a, a guy from Spearfish, South Dakota, and he made something real in my life. Uh, and I just want to share just real briefly uh, with that. I want to watch the time very carefully. But, but that scripture is, I mean, that what he did in my life is outlined in a portion of scripture that I'd like to have us put up here. And this is out of, uh, I'm supposed to talk about being open to new worlds. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 2, verse 12, uh, verse 9, but it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Then I just read the rest as well. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. I have another. Okay. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. We can put that first slide back up again. This is a, this is a scripture that I, I really felt like the Lord brought to my mind, and it really makes sense in light of the song that we sang about listening. And so, uh, hopefully, you can hear this because I believe that if God could use my life, that there's not a life here that God doesn't want to use in the same way. And, and the, the promise of this word is, eye has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. How many of you love him? That means you. So can you hear that again? Would you just say it with me as you can read it? Eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. That's every one of us. And I just think of how it started with me. And you know, when we're born again, that's when you can really begin to see things clearly. Because otherwise, you see things pretty much from your own perspective and your own what will benefit me. But when I was 19 years old, I began, I just realized that I wasn't doing a very good job about uh, in, in directing my life. And so I said, Lord, how about if you begin to direct my life? And it was amazing how God began to just lead me out of Spearfish, South Dakota. You know, it's a big, it's a big trip from Spearfish, South Dakota to Los Angeles, downtown Los Angeles, California. And yet it was there just going from, from that little town of 4,000 to Los Angeles and being enrolling in Bible college 
and, and if, if from Bible college, then uh, seeing worlds that, uh, as, as Jeremy asked uh, uh, me to talk about, that, um, let me come back to it, getting outside of our own world, allowing God to give us a heart for the world, the needy, and the hurting. And one of the first things that I was introduced was to was the Saturday night Good News Mission down in Skid Row. And so it just became a part of my life. And so every Saturday night, there we were down at Skid Row, and it opened, began to open up worlds. And then after four years in Bible college, the Lord opened the door for me to go to Costa Rica as a missionary assist. Now, this was back in 1966. So you know, you know I'm 100 years old, close. <laughs> but anyway, so the promise was that a church in California would pay uh, my way down and back and give me the salary of $75 a month. Now, $50 of the month went, month went to the missionary that I lived with. So I had $25 a month to spend as I saw fit. So, but that opened, began to open another world. We drove from uh, El Paso to Costa Rica in a Volkswagen bus. It only took us a week and a half. Because Volkswagen buses that are well loaded down go fast downhill. And they go really slow uphill. But it began to open up a world where I saw Mexico and Guatemala and El Salvador and Nicaragua and Costa Rica. And by the grace of God, during that time, I got to go down and live amongst the Choco Indians down in the border of Panama and Costa Rica. I mean, Panama and Colombia. And again, just poco a poco, as they say, oh, that world opening up, just new worlds opening up. And uh, so if that wasn't enough, then, uh, then I came back, let's fast forward, and came back to the United States. But there's something about getting out of the United States that when you come back, you don't get the outside of the United States out of you. You know what I mean? Did you understand that? You just can't get it out of you. And so, by God's grace, uh, Sharon, who I had been pursuing, my wife Sharon from, from Kansas, for six years, after six years, I finally convinced her to marry me. And, and, and so that began another new world. Going to Scotts Bluff, Nebraska, having two little boys while we were there, and then, by the grace of God, I, began, I saw an article in the, um, in, let's see, what's, what's the, the, the in, in National Geographic about Chile. And one of the things that had come to my mind while I was in Bible college was, there was a portion of scripture where the Lord says, ask of me, and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. And there was something about that that I heard. I heard that in my head. And so I saw in National Geographic that Chile was going through a difficult time. So I just began to ask the Lord for Chile, not realizing that I really fit the country because it's long and skinny. And I fit. And, and so begin to pray for Chile. And the next thing, on a Wednesday morning, Sharon and I had put our application in to be, for, be, to be a missionary uh, in, in, I don't remember, not, let's see, don't remember what, what the year was, 70, uh, anyway, 74. And so we get a call on a Wednesday morning, and they said, we, we would like for you to go to Chile as missionaries. Another whole world. So anyway, but all of that, I could go on for a long, long time here, but I do believe what, what the Lord wants us to hear from my part of this first a leg of the, of the marathon or the relay is that I, on that Columbia trip, riding down the road in that bus, I was reminded again of that scripture. I, and I, because I look back on, on all of my life, by the grace of God, and I have to say, it's really true. Eye has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him.
And my prayer is today that every single one of us here could, could hear that and could hear it in your own heart personally that God wants to do that in you and for you. I think I have one more minute. I look at a couple right here in the front row. And Al and Barb Finn, when they went to, Cos when they went to Columbia, they probably would have never believed that never, if, if, that God has prepared for those who love him. You prayed for a, a couple who couldn't have a baby, and then you went back two years later and saw that little baby. Did you ever think that that could ever happen? You see? There it is. All right. Hand it off. Good morning. So my, my uh, topic or whatever you want to uh, say is about the, the Compassion International and the children. And I really feel like London did a good job. So thank you. I just, like, dude, they need to put London on their website. That was, that was incredible. Um, yeah, so vulnerability was, was definitely the, the theme and what kind of flew through the whole trip. Um, each one of our team members just opened to what God was going to do and honest about the fact that they didn't know how they were going to be used. Um, instead of showing up going, I got this, every single one of us just going, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. And um, I remember before the trip last year, uh, my husband and I sponsored a little boy named Stephen, and I, you know, heard about compassion through what Jeremy would talk about here, but didn't know what the $38 a month would do, didn't really understand it, but I knew in my heart I wanted to be a part of it, so I was open to it. And so a couple of months of writing letters with Stephen, and then we got to go last year and, and visit him, and to see firsthand the center that was built and uh, the classrooms and the things that they get to learn, which as I said, London already told you all this. Um, but, uh, but to get to meet Stephen, it's like a, um, like they, uh, I believe Betty said it in the video, they, they don't think that we're real until you get to meet him face to face. And to get to go to his home and, and meet his mom, and as you walk over this little wood plank bridge over the sewage that's running underneath to get into his home, and he's so happy. He's just, there's so much joy. And, um, you know, so fast forward to this trip. Now we have a year's worth of letters that Stephen and I have been able to write back and forth. And I find out that his little brother broke his arm falling out of a tree. And he asked for prayer for his mom because she's going through an emotional time. And um, his, his teacher, Maybelline, um, let me know that his mother had to take a job in another town. And so she has to be away from her children, her two boys, in order to support them. And so this is a year of relationship. This is a year of connection. This isn't just $38 a month anymore. This is, this is a, a friendship that has started. And so um, on, on top of me writing letters to Stephen, I got my mom really excited about this whole process, and she started to sponsor a little boy named Joel. And, um, and so I knew coming this year that we were going to meet both Stephen and Joel. And um, so as we walked in, and there was a that a lot of the video was the first day when we all got to meet our sponsored kids for the first time. And I remember walking in and just their little eyes, just so big, you know, just excited that they, they are blown away that these Americans would come all the way over, you know, just to see them. And, and just what that does to their spirit is an incredible thing. But to get to, you know, as Stephen comes up to hug me, he gets to meet Ethan, and then watching all the different team members get to see their kids for the first time, and there was a lot of tears um, just because it was, a, it was a, a beautiful experience. And who would have thought that just $38 a month would have started this process? Um, you know, one of the, the things, if anybody knows me or is around me, is that um, I get really goofy when kids are around. I'm not sure if it's a spiritual gift or a mental problem, <laughs> but something takes over. And so with these Columbia children, it goes to a whole nother level. And um, one of the most beautiful experiences I got to have was to watch my son do the same thing and to see that all the things the enemy has tried to pass down to my son, that the Lord had passed down this heart for children to my, my young man. And to watch him, he taught them the bottle flip trick, which I'm not sure if the teachers are real happy about that now. Um, but just to see him play with them, play soccer, this Joel got to beat him at soccer 19 to 2, and it was awesome. And every time Joel would score, he'd be like, Mama Mira, Mama Mira, and he'd just get so excited. But to see the heart 
uh, that my son had for these kids was a beautiful thing. And this is participating in the what's called the ministry of presence meaning that you don't have to have the right words. You don't have to say the right things in prayer. You don't have to have the right scripture. You just have to be there. And that is what happened on this trip, watching Ethan do it, watching the whole team do it. We didn't have to know what to do, but God said go, and we went. We were open to that, and in doing that, these children's lives were changed. Um, We got to go to the different houses of the sponsored children, and I got to go when Brooke and Carlos got to meet their little boy, and they took this little jar of green Play-Doh, And there were seven little kids in there, and they split it up between each of the kids. They were in awe of this goop that was in their hand. All they knew is it looked like a green booger, and they weren't supposed to eat it. But they were just, just the fact that they would bring them this goop, you know. Um, And then Karen bringing her little kids, the the dolls, and and they just held on to their, it was in the video, they just held on to these dolls like it was, they were the most precious little princesses that someone would think to bring them this gift. And then, yeah, Betty and Matthew and, and Christy, getting them, getting to see them meet their little boy that they'd sponsored for 11 years. That's 11 years of love, 11 years of prayer, 11 years of relationship. And to be a witness to them meeting him for the first time, that brought us all to our knees. Um, and so, you know, getting to, getting to be a part of all this, it's so much more than just I'm going to, you know, do direct or auto pay $38 a month and forget about it. That's not what it's about. It's about relationship and connection. We got to meet Joelle's mom, and she's just in tears telling me that every time they get a letter from my mom, the whole family starts crying with excitement. Um, Getting to Stephen's mom was there, which totally surprised me, and we held each other and cried for a long time and prayed together. Um, I know that um, Sharon got to pray for her because she wasn't feeling well, and, and just to let this woman know that she's not forgotten. This is only possible because of what LifeHouse does. We found out that um, only 1% of these children, and they have children all over the world, only 1% ever get to meet their sponsor. That's incredible. So the fact that some of us have met our kids twice, that's only because of the connection in the heart that LifeHouse has for this country and for what Compassion International does. Um, You've heard it talked about that they're so happy that is the thing that I always come away with, and, and Christy spoke about it great on the video. It just makes you so grateful for what you have here. But what comes to mind with these people is the phrase that you never realize that God is all you need until God is all you have. This country has figured that out. They have nothing, but they have God. And they know he is the source and supply of their need, their hope, their happiness, their joy, everything that they have. And we have a chance through compassion, through uh, Lifehouse Church, to be the hands and feet and let them know that God has heard their cry, that this God that they seek with desperation knows about them and finds them special and needed. Um, You know, I I came across a scripture in, in Mark 10, 13 through 16, about what Jesus thought about children. And it said, one day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch them and bless him. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. Go, Jesus. He said to them, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And then this is the action he takes. Verse 16, then he took the children in his arms placed his hands on their head, and he blessed them. Guys, through compassion and through LifeHouse and this connection we have, that's what we get to do. We get to hold these children in our arms. We get to lay our hands on their heads, and we get to bless them in the name of Jesus. $38 a month changes these children's lives. It changes the families, but it also changed me. So I just hope that your heart is open to this. It may seem like, what's, what's the big deal? It's a huge deal. And we are so blessed to be a part of a church that understands that. Thank you. I have to take a couple of deep breaths. My wife, Terry, will tell you that I'm not somebody that gets really excited about things. 
But I'm really excited about being here today and being able to share what God has done in my life, in Terry's life, in everybody's lives. The video has done a really good job of, of letting you know that. As I look out on the congregation today, you're so quiet. I'm reminded I, I used to spend time on a dairy farm with an old uncle, and anything that was new, he'd say, that's kind of like a cow staring at a new gate. <laughs> and I kind of sense that some of you are looking at us like, wow, what happened to these people? I know that our, sometimes our attention spans are kind of short, and so I, I really sought the Lord this week and said, give me a word that I can leave with these people so that they will know and, and really understand the impact that he's had on us. And I saw it and I saw it and I saw it and I couldn't come up with one word, but I did come up with three. And when I'm on a subject that I like to talk about, I can be very talkative, so three words is really good for Charlie. But I think you can remember these, three words. This sums up the trip, deep and wide. Deep and wide. Leading up to the trip, Jeremy had asked many of us to do a weekly devotional to share with everybody. And at the time, I included a quote at the end of my devotional that really didn't go with everything else. But I really felt compelled as part of my spirituality, to include this quote from a guy named James Gall. Let me read it to you. He says, For I want to do more than hear a word from God. I want to become that word, for that is revelation's ultimate purpose, for the word to become flesh. Now that really stuck with me. I mean, I, I've read that from John, how the word you know, came down from heaven and dwelt among men. But when I read that, I thought, that's what I want to happen to me on this trip, that the word becomes my flesh and that I can portray that. You know what? It doesn't get any more personal than that. And praise God, that's what happened to us on our trip. Now, we touched on that four-and-a-half-hour bus ride. That was not just going down some interstate. That was a country highway, up and down the hills and around the curves. And it was a long ride. And I thought Jeremy was a genius when he started getting people up to talk. But as we began to talk, I was almost in shock listening to everyone because of the insecurities that we all felt. And I began to pray to the Lord going, oh, Lord, we need help. <laughs> <laughs> I need help. I'm not very sure of myself either. But I was totally taken by surprise when the microphone went to Juan Allen. And he's a friend of our church, uh, works with, I think, MMI, medical mission teams. He's the one who's in charge of taking the boat up and down the Amazon River so that medical teams can go in and minister to people. And Juan got up and he said something that just blew me away. He said, we are called to be incarnate beings. Just like Jesus. That was the theme that I had picked out in my own heart. And here's a guy I've never met before that gets right up and just eloquently just speaks about how we are extensions of the living word. He went on to explain, because our salvation comes from hearing the word, we're born of the word, thus we, like Jesus, are incarnate beings. Let me repeat that. When you accepted Jesus into your life, it was by faith through the word. When God spoke the word and created your new birth, you became an incarnate being. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wherever we go, we are the word becoming flesh, dwelling among men, called to be the hands and feet 
of Jesus in your world. Can I get an amen? That's good stuff. Let me tell you, that's exactly what happened to everyone on this trip. It was so glorious and so wide. I mean, God spoke to me deeply and and encouraged me in my spiritual faith, but he also expanded my horizons way beyond anything that I could have ever hoped or thought. That's what he did for all of us. So if you sincerely want to grow in your faith and you have the desire to be the hands and feet of Jesus, you need to go on a mission trip. I want to repeat that. You need to go on a mission trip. When Terry first asked me about this, I sought the Lord. I didn't really get a great revelation, but I am one who loves my walk with the Lord, and I thought, I can walk with the Lord in Columbia. I mean, that's how deep it was. That's how unspiritual it was. So I went, and I had a great walk with the Lord. How do I? (laughs) Now, let me just touch a moment on, on becoming the incarnate word. You saw the big crowds. I mean, when we went to that first church, how many people were there, Jeremy? I don't know, their building is about the same size as ours. About three, 300 people, that was kind of my guess too. When we stood up, when they lined us up there to, to, to pray for people, it seemed like all 300 people came forward. It was overwhelming. I mean, we prayed for multitudes. We loved on children over and over, and every one of those little children wanted attention. You know how kids are. And when we were there, they wanted us. We hugged on adults. We held hands with the elderly. And here's where the miracle takes place. We didn't understand their language, and they didn't understand ours. Do you see how the hand of God was with us, how we were the incarnate word. And they ministered to us as surely as we ministered to them. And a miracle took place while we simply just walked out our faith with those people. So through the work of the Holy Spirit, everyone received and understood the never-ending love of God. That's how faithful our God is. In closing, I want to thank the leadership of LifeHouse for their vision of putting together this trip. I want to thank the body of Christ that's gathered here. Your gifts and your offerings helped all of us go. I mean, it's an expensive proposition. We're the average person, so when you help us go, oh, praise God, you're sharing in that benefit. I want to thank my wife, Terry. We're, you know, we're newlyweds, and this was kind of the experience for us to grow together. Not everything was really comfortable on this trip. There were times when we were kind of at each other, and you know, we'd have to get together and talk to the Lord because it was hard. And anytime you get outside your comfort zone, you're going to be surprised at the things that well up on the inside of you. But we had this word that we were to be the incarnate word, that we were the expression of God's love, the hands and feet. So I give glory to God. And I cannot emphasize enough how deep and wide this trip was. And if you want to experience the deepness and the wideness of God's love and his revelation and a closer walk with the Spirit, you need to go on a mission trip. Thank you. One last thought. Jeremy Pummel is a great son-in-law. All right, before I get started, uh, my wife, unfortunately, couldn't be here today. Uh, she's attending to some family matters. Her brother's getting married, so uh, they should be watching. So shout out to my family in St. Louis. Uh, 
Congratulations, Corey and Jen. Uh, but uh, so before I get started, I'm gonna actually have my wife share a little bit because she had something that, that that I feel is very important for everyone to hear. And so I believe there's a video of that. And so we'll see the video real quick before I speak. Hi, my name's Brooke, and I just would like to share my reflection of our trip to Colombia with you. Um, going into the trip of Colombia, I had a lot of negative feelings. The biggest one being guilt for leaving my own kids behind on such an important week for them. I also felt scared of the unknown and that I wasn't good enough or even pure enough to even be on a missions trip. Heck, I didn't even know what a missions trip was or what was to be expected of me. I now know my mission was simply just to be there. Seeing the faith the people of Colombia had for the vision that God gave them is amazing. As crazy and distant and impossible the vision seemed, God is providing for them. It's hard to put into words how much this trip has transformed my heart. I need to put my own doubts and worries down and live with only God's promise in my heart. I know God has some big plans for me and for me and Carlos together. I can't wait to see how he provides. Doors are going to open that we can't even imagine. The cherry on top of this big adventure is learning my own spiritual gift. I thought my spiritual gift was simply to be a listening ear. When we were at some of those churches, I was overcome by so much emotion, I couldn't even speak. I was able to empathize so deeply with people that I didn't even speak the same language as. If I'm being completely honest, I would feel a little jealous of Carlos and his amazing gift to be bold enough to walk up to anyone and pray for them. But hello, God partnered up, partnered us up as a team because both gifts are so needed together. They go hand in hand. I feel so grateful for the new friendships I've made, and I can't wait to see how everyone was transformed. I really feel the love of Jesus from my toes to the top of my head. Psalms 116.6, the Lord protects those of childlike faith. I was facing death, and he saved me. Thank you. So, I get the privilege to go last. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but... Uh, Pretty much the whole team shared a lot of the same things that I experienced. And one of the biggest privileges that I had was to spend time with my wife and share all of that with her. So got to go last year for the first time on my own, and this time with, uh, with her it was just special. Uh, so the one thing that they, they've asked me to talk about is open to the supernatural. And I believe part of the reason of why they asked me to do that is for one of the things that my wife mentioned. I have usually no problem coming up to random strangers and say, hey, can I pray for you? So I challenge you today. Uh, you probably, I, I've heard many people talk here at church, like, yeah, I want to go to Columbia, right? So there, like Charlie said, if you have that in your heart, by all means, please go. Now, if you don't go, that doesn't mean that you're not worthy. I'm telling you, you got it. You're worthy. You don't have to go to Columbia to have that gift. You have Jesus Christ in your heart right here, right now. You can make a change. Your prayer goes a long way. You heard them talk. They went to a foreign country. They didn't even speak the language. Your power of prayer is very powerful. Your power of prayer here is very powerful. If you want to pray to go to Colombia, I guarantee you, if that's in your heart, God will make it, make it happen. If there's an illness, if there's something going on either in your life, friends, family, somebody that you know, God will help you. God will be there. Because it's not through our power. We know that we're not worthy. That's why God sent Jesus. Jesus has done the work for us. All you have to do is be obedient. All you have to do is trust in Jesus' word. Trust in his word. So I encourage you today, when you go out to lunch, wherever it is that you go, even if you go back home, if you see somebody, step out of that comfort zone. Don't be afraid. Because it's not about what you're going to do in their life. It's about what God is going to do in their life through you. I've had the privilege of doing that many a times. And I'm very blessed and happy that God has given me that ability. But you don't have to have that. You've seen and heard from our fellow teammates. A lot of them felt unworthy. A lot of them felt that they, were, they weren't good enough. It's not about what you have done. It's what Jesus has done already on the cross. So I'm asking you. I'm pleading with you. Take that leap of faith. Step outside of your comfort zone. When you see somebody that needs prayer, if, if somebody catches your eye in the corner of your eye, it's probably for a reason. I guarantee you, if you feel that God is, is calling you to do that, it's not going to come back empty. I've had that happen many a times. As a matter of fact, this Columbia trip was no different. I'll talk about one experience, and I'll wrap it up with this. 
one of those days that we came back from the churches, we actually had some lunch. Our plans were kind of changed up a little bit because of some uh, logistical stuff. But anyways, we ended up eating some pizza at a, re- a random pizza parlor. We ordered some pizza, and lo and behold, we ordered a little bit too much pizza. <laughs> right? But because of where we were at, we're like, well, we're not going to let this go to waste. And so Jeremy comes up to me. He's like, hey, you know, you know what to do with this, right? So he gives me the pizza. And, uh, and so I wasn't going to eat it. That's not what he was talking about. <laughs> that, that's what we had Charlie there for. <laughs> um, so we have this box. Of, we have initially two boxes of pizza. And so we walk out of this pizza place, my wife and I and some other of our team. And as soon as we step out, I'm like, this, this, this box belongs to somebody. I don't know who. So as soon as I step out, I see some, some kids, some teenagers hanging out in front. And I was like, oh, I don't know about them. And then all of a sudden, I caught this other group, went up and talked to them. Hey, uh, I believe, uh, you know, I'm not sure if you guys are hungry or what, but would you guys like this pizza? And they were like, uh, no, we're good, we're good. Thanks, but no thanks, you know. All right, cool, fine. And there was nobody else for a while. I'm like, well, we got to get back to the hotel. Like, well, you know, there's the group's still there. Let me go talk to these guys. So I went up and talked to them. Hey, I, I don't want to seem all weird and all, but, you know, are you guys hungry? We have some extra pizza left over. We, we're not going to eat it. So would you guys like it? And at first I said no, but after the older brother of the four conferred with his group and came back, he said, you know, I have second thoughts, we'll take it. So they grabbed the pizza, and as soon as he starts taking off, I would chase after him. Whoa, 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 the pizza's not free. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> you don't have to pay for it. That's not what I'm talking about. It's like, since you took the pizza, there's obviously a reason for that, and so I want to pray for you guys. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, like, come on. So it's him and uh, three other siblings. And so we start talking, and we introduce ourselves and who we are. A, uh, we, w- we just felt like we wanted to pray for you guys. Okay, cool. And so we went individually. Okay, uh, your name is? And he gave us his name. And it's like, okay, well, can we pray for you? And at first we're like, uh, you know, just pray for my family, I guess, things for well-being. Okay, thank you. Second one, uh, was the, uh, the younger, do- uh, younger sister. Well, what uh, would you like? Well, she's like, well, I want to pray specifically for my mom. Okay, anything specific? Just for the health and welfare. Okay, no problem. Same thing with the other one. Uh, one other student, uh, brother, uh, he was going to school, he's a student, so we had Ethan pray for them, and so fast forward a little, we prayed for each individual, now of course, as we're praying for this, the mom is in, in, in the vicinity, so she sees a group of people just mobbing over their kids, so like any good mother, she comes over, and she's like, what's going on, is everything okay, we're like, everything's fine, we're just praying for your kids, as a matter of fact, we want to pray for you too, this is where the supernatural starts happening. So the mom, the reason why the daughter was praying for the mom and wanted to pray for the mom is because the mom was going to leave for Venezuela the next day. If you're, current, uh, if you're up to with your current events, you know that uh, Venezuela is going through some very difficult, hard times. There are famine. People are starving. Governments, this is really, really bad. Long story short, the mom was going to go to Venezuela the next day in the morning to go retrieve her niece and nephew that were abandoned by their family in Venezuela. The kids, one was one-year-old, the other one was maybe about three, four years old. She had no idea how she was going to make it back because she has no documentation in order to make them come back over. No idea. So she was scared and, and just overwhelmed. And so it was no mistake that our group ended up right then and there to pray for this family, this individuals, these individuals here. What was about to happen, I have no idea because we have no control over that. We don't know. But that's not what God wants us to do. God just wants us to step out, like I said, be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. We don't have to go to Columbia to do that. You can do that here. We have our own set of problems here. Would you agree with that? There's a lot going on here. All we need is prayer. If the whole nation prayed, just imagine what could happen. But we can't get to that level if it doesn't start here. So I encourage you. You want to see the supernatural happen? Start with your family. Start with your children. Start with your friends. And then grow the circle. Because I can tell you, it spreads like wildfire. Since we've been back, I've had at least 20 requests for prayer from the people in Colombia for things that they have going on in their life. It spreads like wildfire. You just need to be obedient and open and step out in faith. Thank you very much. Awesome. Amen to, amen to all of what we heard this morning. And uh, Carlos, every time we turned around, you're like, where's Carlos? And he's over praying for somebody. And the last night, he prayed for a mime next to the restaurant that we that we uh, were eating at and powerful just to see how God moved through that time. Well, here's how we want to close because we're, we're uh, over on time. But we're going to just, just want to close by saying uh, a way to step into the supernatural 
is as soon as we're done, as soon as we dismiss, we'll have people uh, available to pray on the sides. We'd love for you to go and, and pray if there's something in your life that you need supernatural touch from God on. Please go pray, but also come back tonight because I think tonight's going to be a very supernatural night. I think God's going to do incredible things with his presence here in this room. Uh, second thing I want to say is we, we put this little uh, flyer in all of your bulletins, and these are upcoming uh, trips to Columbia. We have one that we've been planning now for a while coming up really soon. It was supposed to be at the end of September, but it got pushed back one week to October 5th through 9th. Uh, so if that's something that you'd like to do, let us know right away because the deposit's going to be due on that one. Uh, if that's too soon for you, we have the full experience, the seven days, and that's next June, June 21st through the 27th. So make a commitment today if you want to go on that trip and be available to go. I promise you, you will, as you've seen and heard, uh, you will not regret it. And then the final thing is in the back of your bulletin, and this is there every single week, uh, it tells you how to sponsor a child. And uh, we have a website that's right there underneath the Sponsor Child today. It's Compassion.com slash Lifehouse Church. And there's eight kids on there right now that are waiting to be sponsored. And they're all in the area that we go to. So if you sponsor a child and then when we travel together, you'll be able to go and meet them, meet their family, most likely go to their home and be a part of, of their world. And so, uh, listen, this is one, of, in my opinion, uh, Amy and I, and I don't say this to brag, I'm just saying that we, we sponsor three kids because we believe it is so life-changing for them, and, and, and we have seen it firsthand. So I just want to challenge you and invite you, if that's something that you'd like to do, I promise you it's worth it, and I promise you you won't regret uh, sponsoring these kids. Uh, it it's also allows you to be a part of what God's doing through our church in Columbia. So thank you so much. Would we all stand together? I just want to pray over you before we go, and then we'll dismiss.